0: This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. You've probably seen this video of a United States Senator trying to start a fight, an actual physical altercation with the head of the Teamsters Union who is testifying before a Senate committee hearing. Here's a very short version. I'll share my thoughts right after. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Big oh, guy. stop it. Is that I'm your sorry. solution? every have no, no. Sit down. Right, sit down. Okay, you. No, You're okay, a United okay. States senator. Sit down. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. A lot of the commentary about this has focused on just how debased the Republican Party has become. On the same day that this happened, another Republican accused Kevin McCarthy of assaulting him in the halls of Congress. These are antics that are barely worthy of a junior high school playground. But this is the U.S. Congress. It goes without saying that this behavior is unbecoming of anyone who holds such an important position. But one thing that's been lost in all the condemnation, all the mockery, is how a twisted notion of masculinity is at the heart of this behavior. There's this belief, and it's usually strongest among men who feel the most insecure, That being a man means dominating others. Think about how former President Trump treats other people. He's a bully, as his own niece, Mary Trump, has pointed out on this show. And deep down, every bully is actually a coward. All this bluster, this senator demanding a public fistfight, knowing that he'd never have to follow through, of course, that's not the mark of a brave man. It's the mark of a coward. And you know what? Should Senator Mark Wayne Mullins see this video and challenge me to a fight? I'll laugh and I'll say no, because it's childish and it doesn't solve anything. And I'm secure enough in who I am not to have to throw down with someone who is desperately trying to convince themselves that they're a tough guy. And it turns out maybe Senator Mullins isn't quite the stud he wants us to think he is. I found this photo of Mark Wayne Mullins on January 6th during the insurrection. Take a close look. Now, I'm not saying he should have been at the barricades with those Capitol Police officers. It's honestly impossible to know how you'd react in a situation like this until you've been in it. But the bluster we saw from Senator Mullins in that Senate hearing, I recognize that. It's the behavior of a bully, overcompensating for some deep insecurity, and it is not how real men act. I'm going to start talking more about toxic masculinity on this show because I'm a dad and I worry about the terrible example being set by powerful men like this. It's not simply behavior unbecoming of a U.S. senator. It's behavior unbecoming of anyone. If my son saw me act this way, I would forever be ashamed of myself. I spoke about this with Ravi Gupta, an old friend and classmate and the founder of several high schools. And he shared my concern about what a terrible example this sets for our kids. This is part of a longer interview that focuses more broadly on the dysfunction of the Senate. So we briefly mentioned Josh Hawley. I hope you'll watch my full interview with Ravi when it's out in a few weeks. For now, I think you'll appreciate our slightly different take on what we just saw in Congress. I want to roll this clip. We had a fight nearly break out on the floor of the U.S. Senate. A U.S. senator challenged uh, the head of the Teamsters to a, a cage fight on the floor of the Senate. Roll the clip, and then I want your thoughts. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up, then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, stop it. Is that your solution? (laughs) No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay, Okay. no, you're a United States senator. Actively. Okay. Okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. Hold it. (laughs) If we can't. No, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is what he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? No, you can't. This is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt for Congress. Let's not make it worse. I don't like thugs and bullies.
1: I I don't like you because you just described
0: yourself. Hold it. You have the mic. You have time. Make your statement. Then let's do this because I did challenge you and I accepted your challenge and you went Quiet. No, I didn't go quiet. I was, oh, I was, hold on. No, no, you hold challenged me. me to a cage match no, no, acting no, no. like a 12 year old school. Hold, young it, bully. Excuse Sir, me. Hold, on. hold it. No, excuse me. I, I will say, I will say it's exactly. Senator Mullen, I have the mic. Robbie, I don't, I don't know what you could possibly say about that other than, and we're living in a, an era where, you know, the one body of government that used to be the cooling saucer, right. Is an embarrassment for us all.
1: Yeah. I mean, what Republicans would say is, you know, you had the, the caning incident in the 1800s and all that, and there were fights, but like, come on, like we're supposed to be better than previous generations and nothing in recent memory resembles this right now. There's a couple interesting things about this clip. One is just the presence of Bernie Sanders is fascinating to me. It's just like, it's so hilarious to me. I'm, I've never been a Bernie guy, but that it, it's hilarious that, that, that was Bernie in that room. Uh, Two is this obviously is a reflection of the you know the fish rotting from the head down or whatever they say is like when you have you know the leader of your party um, bulldozing any norm and being such a selfish aggressive character then it gives license to everybody underneath him to do that and then the Teamsters guy like needs to bear some blame for this you, you shouldn't be telling sitting senators you want to fight them. Uh, but I I would put those three in that order. I I think that when you're a president and then senator and then teamster president, like your responsibilities kind of rank in that order, but it doesn't make anybody look good. And I think there was a previous hearing where there was a female labor leader on a panel when these two had fought it out before and were accusing each other of stuff. And she made some comment about how that, I think either she or somebody made a comment about, the incident saying this is why we need more female labor leaders because this is clearly stupid. Like nobody comes at, only Bernie Sanders came out looking good in that exchange.
0: Yeah, um although the funniest criticism I heard of Bernie was that <clears throat> he should have let him fight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what Jason and I kind of said, but I my my sort of un I almost I said this as a joke, but I I have to really think about whether I actually believe it because it's possible I do that letting them fight would have been better for our democracy because it would have been the natural, it would have been the honest reflection of where we are, right? Like actually having them fight would reveal because nobody's watching this hearing otherwise, right? Like what they're, what people aren't seeing is that there's not other senators sitting at the table in a critical hearing, right? What people aren't seeing, it's just two of them sitting there from what I could tell Bruce Sanders and this guy. Um.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. I've got a quick break here, but I need a favor first. Shows like this depend on your support. Please, if you can spare five seconds, click the link to the podcast version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks.
1: What they're not seeing is, like, the holds that you're talking about. Like, I don't know how many Americans know about Tommy Tuberville's unconscious holds on military personnel, no. right? You'd, you'd almost want this fight so that people can have a moment to say, whoa, something's out of control here in the Senate, and actually I can make it tangible for you. Like I, I almost think that would have been better.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. But um, <laughs> when when Bernie Sanders said, you're a US senator, act like it, what I began to think was, well, maybe this is how US senators act and right. it, it just made me it made me so sad because I guarantee you this Oklahoma senator is going to go back to his state and turn this into an ad or he's going to be high fived by his buddies at the shooting range um, because they think that that tough guy act makes a man. This is something else we need to talk about with respect to to Holly. He's offering a prescription to young men across America for what manliness is. I mean, he even wrote a book about it. Right. And it is just so sad to me that this vision of masculinity is being sold by the most powerful men in the country.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is in line with the sort of, there's a spectrum, obviously the Holly, Jordan Peterson, Andrew Tate, you know, to be clear, I don't think Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate are in the same vicinity of each other, but like this whole internet culture, of you know speaking to the young men out there like the the problem they're trying to address is out there there is a problem and you i'm sure you've talked about on this show uh is like there is there there's declining statistics in 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 all sorts of alarming ways about young men in this country and the gop is preying upon them and what i found interesting about josh holly's book is that he, on the one hand, is like, ah, you know, you're not the victim, yada, 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 and then he precisely says in his book, and we did a whole segment on Majority 54 about it. He then proceeds to blame the liberals and everybody else for the problems of the young men sitting in their metaphorical basements. And I'm like, look, whatever your problems are, and like, we're young men, like, we should all be coming together uh, as a society to say. What can we do? And the the sad part is there's a version of Josh Holly that could play a meaningful part of that, right? Like, well, what, what could we do? We could break up these mega corporations that um, are consolidating industries, cutting off pathways of employment for people, hollowing out middle America, um, making harder to get by, right? We could talk about um, how this generation, the younger generation has become less affordable to buy a house or to go to college or to get healthcare and all that, that stuff is all getting in their way. We could talk about national service, right? Which is something I'm sure you're passionate about. Like whether people serve in the military, or they become doctors, teachers, social workers. Why haven't we had an expansion of those programs at a time when we're talking about student loan debt, right? Like why, why isn't there a group of people at the table hashing out a deal to say, all right, like let's actually push through robust student loan cancellation and student and but do it forward looking too and say all these people who go into these critical jobs, let's expand like there's small programs that do this, but let's make them robust and say, if you become a teacher, you serve in the military, like make the like the GI Bill more generous and then make it available to people who don't serve in the military too. And then you can have people from all over the country who are young people, we can pull them off the metaphorical couch, get them critical training, get them into jobs that we need. You know, I just got back from Mississippi earlier this fall where there's a critical doctor and nurses and teacher shortage. Right. Let's send people out there, get them jobs, and then they could rub shoulders. You know, a Staten Islander could rub shoulders with a person from the Bronx, and a person from the Bronx with a person from Abbeville, Alabama, and you know, one person at a time, we could build a, uh, a shared empathy of each other in this country. I don't know. I'll get off my soapbox, but like these are the kinds of things that the, that these folks should be getting involved in if they truly care about the plight of young men in this country.